On this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, we dive into everybody's favorite tweeter. Lonnie Johnson is no longer a Houston Texan. We continue with our post-draft coverage and discussion. Titus Howard picked up that fifth-year option by the Houston Texans. That is big news, and we dive into some more transactions surrounding the Houston Texans. But first, Cody, let's start the countdown. Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, joined by none other than Sports Illustrator's own Cody Davis. Got a very fun show today as we open up <laughs> with uh, Tweet Through It. And that is exactly what Lonnie Johnson did. Mm-hmm. He through his pain, his, 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 his agony, and now he is no longer a Houston Texans as the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs excuse me, agreed to a deal for a 2024 seventh-round pick sending Lonnie Johnson to Kansas City. They're sending that seventh round uh, pick back for 2024 in two years. And, you know, Cody, if we go down the timeline. Oh, Lord. You got to start on Thursday. Johnson, <laughs> right. And, and, and we're going down the timeline, right? And I'm, and I'm here on Twitter right now. You say, let's go back to Thursday. Um, well, Tweet after tweet after tweet. Tweet after tweet. Look. Good morning. Pray to God and let him handle the rest. That was 10 hours ago at, at this recording. Mm-hmm. All is well. Thank you. Praying hands. That was five hours ago uh, at the time of this recording. <laughs> then there's a video. Before y'all get to talking crazy, and crazy is spelled with a K, mm-hmm. on this app, I asked, for the, my, I asked myself for this. Thank you, Houston Texans. For the opportunity, this isn't a farewell. This is more like see you soon. <laughs> you get it traded. You get it traded, and then that is followed by uh, two smirking emojis. Charles O'Minihu tweeting him happy for you. Uh, so blessed to get ready to work ASAP. Let's go Chiefs Kingdom and so on and so forth. And, you know, if we're just looking at Lonnie Johnson's time and tenure here with the Houston Texans, on a serious note, if we're going to be honest, it was met with a lot of different things that caused him to not live up to that second round. I think 54 overall pick for the Houston Texans back in 2019. And at this time, Titus Howard and Mike Sharpen are the only two players remaining from their team, from their draft class. But Lonnie Johnson inconsistency from the coaching staff, right? Safety, corner safety corner, uh, in and out of lineups. But I think overall, when you look at his time here, it was met with just a lot of uncertainty from the beginning, His get, from the get-go with his time with the Houston Texans. And I look at Titus Howard getting his fifth-year option picked up, which we'll get into later in the show. I suggest you guys stick around for that. But Titus Howard has bought in, I think so, into what the new regime led by Nick Serio wants out of his players. 
And when I look at it, Lonnie Johnson, I don't think Lonnie Johnson was ever fully bought in. But I also would like to say I don't think Nick Casario or this coaching staff or this front office that was revamped fully ever bought in into Lonnie Johnson. So nobody was pouring into one another, and the cups just kind of ran over and got dry from that. Um, you wish him well. I wish him well with the Kansas City Chiefs. I do think there's some talent there. I think that young man needed some consistency. There has been a lot of back and forth with him as a player for the Houston Texans. But overall, sayonara. See you soon. And it is no, it's not over to see you later season. It's a farewell. You ain't coming back. Well, we are going to see him see you later because the the Chiefs, they do have a game inside NRG Stadium in the 2022 season. So, you know, we are going to see him later alongside Justin Reed. And I'm pretty sure Justin Reed has something to do with this reunion. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We know how close those two guys were during their time with the Houston Texans. But, um, you know, John, look, you, you, you said it perfectly. You know, when you take a look at Lonnie Johnson, this is a guy who definitely needed some stability in order for him to come close to reaching his potential in the NFL. You mentioned how inconsistent his time was. Just think about it. He was here for, what, three or four seasons. And in those times, he had three different head coaches, he started off with Bill O'Brien. Then, of course, Brian gets fired. There was Romeo Cannell. Then after Romeo Cannell left, there was David Cully. And in those three head coaches, he also had been coached by three different defensive coordinators and Romeo Cannell and Anthony Weaver and Lovey Smith. I understand why we saw a lot of inconsistencies in Lonnie Johnson play, but I do want to say this. I kind of feel that Johnson and his representatives, they might have made a mistake by forcing their way out of Houston. And I say that only because now he's going to go into a situation where he's going to be coached by another head coach, Andy Reid, and their defensive coordinator, which means the number one issue with Lonnie Johnson will still be inconsistency. And then when I take a look at the Houston Texans and what have what what could have been in 2022 for this young man, you're looking at a situation where he would have finally had some stability. Why? Because Lovey Smith is not just still his defensive coordinator, but he is also his head coach. And then most importantly, and John, when you talk about him tweeting Ever since the start of the NFL draft on Thursday, I'm pretty sure he felt some kind of way because the Texans did draft Derek Stingley. But Derek Stingley is just going to start at one position. That second starting cornerback role, that one was still was pretty much up for grabs. And look, I understand Desmond King did start as an outside corner for majority of last season. But... With Darius Stanley coming in, it's basically set in stone that he's going to move back into his original position as a nickel corner, which means he basically just had to beat out Taviera Thomas for that outside corner. So if inconsistencies is your problem, you have an opportunity where you can find some stability. If him and Taviera Thomas would have shared that starting role, or let's say if he would have beat out Taviera Thomas and got that and got that starting position at the at corner number two. He would have put set himself up for a really good pay raise going into the 2023 offseason because his, his contract was up. So, look, Lonnie Johnson, we was rooting for you here on Locked On Texans, but, you know, it is what it is. I guess we see you whenever the schedule release. 
I will say that I think he was drafted way too high in the second round. And remember, mm-hmm. that I, I, when we look back at that draft by Bill O'Brien, because if I remember that was Brian Gain, that actually. was a Brian. Right, that we was really a, don't know. To be honest, right. But when we look at that draft. You can make an argument that the only player that has panned out for Houston has been Titus Howard, simply because if you remember that conversation surrounding the tackles, Andre Dillard, that whole conversation, mm-hmm. Titus Howard has been, you know, primarily the only one that's actually been able to play or be on the field consistently, consistently whether it had been at guard or tackle, right? But you look at Sharpen, he hasn't panned out much. He's kind of digressed heavily since his rookie year. And I think when you look at Titus Howard, not Titus Howard, excuse me, Lonnie Johnson, he was a project cornerback that was drafted way too high in that, in that second round. And so the expectations of being drafted that high, Brian Gain, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, uh, uh, Romeo Cornell, you mentioned all of the coaching changes. Yeah, he was set up to fail here in, Houston, here in Houston. But I would like to argue that him going to the Kansas City Chiefs is actually better. I think his representatives did a, did a damn good job by him because – it's one thing when you're struggling with a struggling organization. It's another thing when you're struggling with an organization that's winning, right? And so he will be going to a winning organization. And overall, for Houston, you're not going to get somebody who doesn't want to be here. That's one thing that they've emphasized. And right now, the updated cornerback room stands at Derek Stingley, Desmond King, Stephen Nelson, Tavier Thomas, and Tremont Smith. So that's who, that's who Houston has at their cornerback position going into the 2022 season at this time. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. BetOnline is your number one and continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. We all got one to learn more about the trends and actions over at Bet Online because Bet Online is where the game starts. I'm sitting with, standing with Damian Pierce, running back out of Florida. I gotta ask you, ask you a question. You got the knack for the touchdown, man. 500 rushing yards, 5.4 yards per carry last season. You had 13 touchdowns. What's the secret? To what, man? What's the secret of what, man? I can't, I can't be giving out the sauce or whatever. Come on, man. You got to uh, give us something out of the nose man. for the end zone. You know, I just always had a nose for the end zone, bro. Uh, you know, ever since I was little, you know, um, my first time playing football, my first carry went for like 60. And uh, that's when I knew, you know, this is probably something I should have been doing. But, uh, yeah, man, just getting to the end zone, it really just come down to determination. And um, it's really a want-to aspect, man. You know, um, not too many guys expect to get in the end zone every play because that's what coaches tell you. Like, you know, every play ain't going to be a home run. But um, I'm one of those guys in the back of my head, you know, I want to cross that goal line. Talk about your day-to-day process of getting ready, going through it, mentally preparing, physically preparing. Favorite song that you get hyped to to get ready for these practices? Uh, you know, I ain't no, I ain't really no music guy when it comes to getting hyped. You know, I got a lot of energy. So, uh, you know, my preparation really is uh, just trying to get comfortable. I, I like being comfortable when I play. You know, I don't like to do a lot of thinking. I don't like to do, you know, I don't like to, like, if I'm thinking, I'm slow. And, when I'm, and if I'm slow, you know, I'm dead. So, uh, you know, really, you know, these coaches here, they're they doing a great job of preparing us. You know, um, especially my running back coach, um, you know, he's, he's helping me grasp the playbook, play by play, day by day. And um, especially in the um, film sessions, you know, he, he says, if I have any questions, you know, don't feel free to stop. And, um, you know, just ask him. And, um, you know, he's, he's getting me very comfortable with the playbook. And, um, you know, the more comfortable I get, you know, the better I'm going to look. What do you want to improve on from day one to day two? 
uh, playbook, dude. Uh, I was kind of slow. I was kind of uh, kind of iffy in the playbook. You know, I was, was half-stepping. I don't like half-stepping. So uh, the day I want to clean that up and, um, go, and really, you know, open it up and go full speed. How has it been being coached by some of the NFL coaches uh, for the Lions? Oh, man, it's great, dude. Uh, you know, they kind of they kind of give you an in-depth look of the personality of the NFL coaches and um, some of the terminology they use is very different in college, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm getting that a week early. You know, I'm just getting this full week, just getting uh, terminology down, how they expect you to do things, the type of player they want you to be in, et cetera. How are you in the locker room with your teammates? I mean, you got fun, fun personality, so I know it's infectious. Man, I'm, I'm DP on and off the field, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. You guys had a conversation that uh, Damian Pierce, newly acquired or drafted, excuse me, running back Damian Pierce out of Florida. Uh, that is a conversation that Damian and I had at the Senior Bowl back in February down in Mobile. Really quick, before we dis uh, continue our discussion surrounding the NFL draft for the Houston Texans, I do want to shout out to Jim Nagy and everybody that has helped put the Senior Bowl together the last couple of years. As you guys know, who's been following the Locked On Texans, I was out there this February, and I do want to say this. 106 players from the Senior Bowl, uh, from the game, were drafted, tied for the most ever. 106 makes up, and this is per field, Yates, 106 makes up 40% of the entire draft. 45 players taken in rounds one through three. Each NFL team took at least one senior bowl player this year. So the senior bowl is great, not only for the players, for the NFL, it's benefiting both sides. You really get an opportunity to in-depthly, in-depth look at some of these players and how they're going to get prepared for the NFL. And with that being said, guys, I think that Damian Pierce, I don't want to call him a steal, but I do like what Damian Pierce can do for the Houston Texans potentially. Number one about Damian Pierce, you guys heard it. He is big on diving really into the playbook. I thought that was a great takeaway from our conversation back then. Uh, we also talked a little bit offside of that conversation, and it was just very important for him to learn and, and really dive himself into the X's and O's. And you want to hear that from a player, but overall – if you guys know Nick Casario and how big of a football guy that he is in terms of X's and O's and having things that make sense on the football field, that's great to hear. But overall, when I look at Damian Pierce, there's a couple of things that pop out. Number one, his freshman year, 6.1 yards per carry, 5.6 yards per carry, 4.7 yards per carry, 5.7 yards per carry. I was talking to my guy who's a big Florida Gator fan, my boy Phil over at Field and Stats Podcast. Check him out. And I said, Phil, why didn't he get that many touches at Florida? And he said, well, you got to blame Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen uses an offense that utilizes multiple running backs. But I like the fact that Houston is not getting a running back that's going to be tired and wore down within two to three years. You know, unless an injury happens, which we pray against. You know, Damian Pierce is coming with only 300 29 rushing attempts. And he has a knack for finding the end zone. 13 touchdowns last year. And then on also don't look at his passing pass catching ability, Cody. You guys will really like this. Every year as a receiving back, he improved. 30 yards, 20 yards his first year, 30 yards the second year, his sophomore season, 156 his junior year, 
216 his senior year, and all of those yards per catch went up as well. He's a back that needs some tooling in that area. He needs to get better at catching the ball. When you look at what he's able to do as a running back and what we potentially think Pep Hamilton will bring, especially reboosting that offensive line, getting some big boys up there that can move the ball, move some bodies out the way, he's a back that's one cut and go. I'm not going to compare him to Arian Foster. I don't think he is as smooth <laughs> as Arian Foster. But one foot planted in the ground and getting those extra yards, that's why he rushes the ball so well for 5.7 yards per carry, 6.0 yards per carry. He knows how to get the yards. That matter, move the ball, fresh legs. I love the Houston Texans being able to draft this young man. And above playing all the football field, <laughs> off the field, the energy will be very infectious. I mentioned that in that quick conversation we had. And his energy reminds me a little bit, not his playing, but his energy and his personality of Clinton Portis. So imagine mm. that in the city of Houston where they love doing you know, charity work in the community, putting their, their best players out there and working with the community. That's going to be great for people to experience and feel you know, this is another player, another SEC player, another Florida player that they got, you know, they got Renard a couple of years ago, got another Florida player in the building now. But I think that he will do well behind what Pep Hamilton wants in this newly rebuilt offensive line. You know, I love this selection of Pierce. And John, once again, like I did on yesterday, I want to apologize for how much you and I argued about when and where the Houston Texans should go after a running back. I'm sorry, man, but let's continue on with the show because since you already talked about Pierce, I want to transition and look at another prospect who was drafted right after Pierce. And I'm talking about the defensive tackle and Thomas Booker. I know a lot of you guys might not be familiar with him. He is a defensive tackle that came from Stanford. He actually had an opportunity to play alongside Davis Mills. And it was funny when we had an opportunity to interview him after he was selected. And he said he's very excited to be back with his quarterback. I just love that statement. But John... <laughs> but John, when I take a look at the selection of Thomas, this is going to break my heart to say this because I do believe that with this selection, Ross Blacklock's position here with the Houston Texans, it might be in trouble. And I say that because just like what we talked about in the first segment, all of the inconsistencies that plague Lonnie Johnson throughout his tenure here in Houston, we are seeing that same exact thing with Ross Blacklock. And Blacklock has yet to live up to the, I think he was, what, a second-round draft pick as well? He has yet to live up to that. And when I take a look at Thomas Burker, I'm looking at a guy who is going to be in a better situation to develop. He's already coming to this team as He's pretty solid getting after the quarterback. He ended his college career with a total of 10 or 11 sacks. And not only that, I think what's going to separate both of these guys, when you look at that defensive front, Jonathan Grenard, is, he already has his position set in stone. And you can also say the same thing for Roy Lopez as well. But when you take a look at that third position, I'm looking at this from a standpoint of, it's going to come down between which of these players are going to be able to stop the run better. Booker, 
or Blacklock. And I say that because you're looking at a Houston Texans defense who have struggled over the last, what, two seasons to stop the run, especially considering after the loss of DJ Reader. And Thomas, at the time, during his college career, he was a better run stopper than Ross Blacklock. And I think this is why Booker is going to be in a position to overtake Ross Blacklock. You know, I also will look at Booker, uh, the Texans drafting Booker as a player that may be able to go out there and play some of that five technique at times as well. Right? We've seen Ross Blacklock play some one, play some two eye, uh, but we know that primarily he's a three DT or defensive tackle. I think Booker can you know switch in and out from three to five, and that, and that may help out Houston more on that defensive front uh, for Houston moving forward. So I, I like that Houston got. One of those players that Nick Casario called very smart. He is smart. I mean, if you guys go look at his GPA, what he's able to accomplish mm. as an honor player in the in the books, the academic wise, he fits the mold of a Houston Texan. But he's been, he's very versatile, right? I want to go and look at Tegan Quintoriano, the tight end out of San Diego State. Listen, not that much to really talk about with that young man. I think he's going to be one of those players that will work for Houston because he will be able to be a wide tight end. And by wide tight end, listen, what have we discussed this entire offseason? Brevin Jordan will be Houston's vertical threat at tight end. But for Houston, if they're going to revamp everything about that offensive front, that includes getting an inline blocking tight end, and I think that's what Contoriano will be for Houston – I think he also has the ability to seep out and make some plays in the passing game when the ball comes his way. But as of right now, we are looking at maybe a uh, personnel where we are featuring more of that Brevin Jordan. Uh, Farrell Brown is still on the roster. Quintoriano, which Houston does like. Uh, they mentioned how you know much of a football player he is. So, I love that drafting only because it does give Houston an opportunity to stop doing a lot of these one-year deals for linebackers, not linebackers, for, uh, tight ends that they want to bring in and draft. That really isn't working out. They want to bring in and block, excuse me, that really isn't working out. He's a young blocker. He's a young NFL player. He's tough. He's big. He's physical. I like that for the Houston Texans offense. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders their parts on their computers, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have access to Rock Auto at home with your computer, and your phone that's always close by in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on Texans in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. 
rockauto.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make Locked On NFL your second listen. The schedule may be dark, but NFL never stops, and it never does with Locked On NFL. Get insight and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus all local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you are subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. And before closing out this latest installment of Locked On Texans, we do want to highlight the Houston Texans' last draft pick of the 2022 draft class, Mr. Austin Deculus, offensive lineman from LSU. John, I think out of all the prospects the Houston Texans drafted, this one, given the event, of Houston picking up Titus Howard's fifth-year option. It's probably the only head-scratcher as of right now. This is an offensive lineman who played his entire career at LSU as a right tackle. He's very good in his pass protection. This is a guy who gave up only seven sacks throughout his entire career at LSU. His run blocking, uh, it could use some work, but when I take a look at Austin, I guess they're going to try to explore putting him on the inside and hoping that they can find some versatility with him. I don't know, but like I mentioned, John, out of all the prospects, this might be the only one that's a head scratcher now. Well, you know what? I'll look at it like this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of tie in two subjects, right? Titus Howard did get his fifth-year option picked up, and that's going to cost the Houston Texans $13 million next year. So, mm, damn. when you're picking, right, you're getting paid, right? Uh, well, you're picking that up. You want to put that player, if you're if you're going to invest that much money into a player that has been kind of inconsistent due to the surroundings, not him on personally, but the back and forth between positions, you do want to put him in the best position to succeed. And I think that will be a tackle. So, for Deculus, moving him into right guard, if he gets an opportunity to play this year, because remember – A.J. McCann right now is the Houston Texans right guard. This could possibly be drafting him a six-round pick. He could possibly be an insurance plan for whether or not Titus Howard works out or not. And if he does, then, of course, you got Titus Howard. He'll be a Houston Texan for the next couple of years. They decide to sign him. If not, you see what your young guy has. Put that rook out there in OTAs. Get that rook out there. Get his ass whooped, you know. Get, get, let them vets get on his ass. Let them learn. Let them let him go through all those trials and tribulations. So if he is needed throughout this season at any point, whether that's injury, whether that's the play of another player just isn't up to par, then he'll be ready, right? And I do want to transition over to Titus Howard. Just shout out to him, man. Shout out to Titus Howard. Listen, you guys got to understand, at one point, it was Titus Howard or Andre Dillard. <laughs> Philly drafted up. Traded up for him, and then we got Titus Howard. And of the two, Titus Howard has been able to play, he's been available, and he's been the better player. But you also got to look at that draft class. We opened up with Lonnie Johnson, Max Sharpen. Also, your your favorite tight end, Warren, was also in that draft <laughs> class. Xavier Crawford, that was one of, if not the most disappointing draft classes in Houston Texan history. We had a guy that couldn't get on the field to even stay on the field when you look at tight end wearing. So for Titus Howard, who's been through the fire, right, I'm happy for this young man. 
And uh, the Texan social media page, I thought that was kind of fun. They put out the uh, open for business LNT between hmm. Larry Tunsil and Titus Howard. But I'm happy for him. Also, some other news, Cody, and listeners out there. Rasheem Green, who played for the Seattle Seahawks last season, has six and a half sacks for the Seahawks. He is officially a Houston Texan, signed a one-year deal. Mario Addison, also the veteran, 14-year veteran, who had 12 sacks the last two seasons. Uh, two seasons, he signed with the Houston Texans. And so that's for everybody that was wondering, why didn't the Texans take an edge in this draft? Well, they got some guys that can come in and play day one, some vets that just know how to get it done. I like Green, has some injury histories early in his career with Seattle. Last year was able to put it together a little bit. So that is a big boost for Houston. Houston also released Scotty Phillips. My guy, man, my guy. And, Talking uh, about a guy who literally another victim that just that that yeah. fell victim to the circumstances that he had, and yeah. I just want to say, man, I think out of all the players who came in and out of six ten and Kirby over the last couple of years, man, I think Scotty Phillips never had a fair opportunity, man. Never. And, and last no season way. was a year exactly. we should have saw more of him and never did. Um. In other news that is related to the Houston Texans, because this player will always be related to the team that drafted him, Yandre Hopkins was suspended six games for a PED violation, which included a beaver tranquilizer. A beaver. A beaver. A beaver. His three seasons with the Cardinals, zero All-Pros. His last three seasons was with the Houston Texans, three All-Pros. You guys got to look at what Nick Casario inherited. We also got to mention Jack Easterby because I think he is a part of it. The work that they really had to do to undo the real culture hmm. the word that was in Houston, brewing in Houston, and if we're being honest, only led to what one playoff victory in that time frame, two playoff between Brock Osweiler and Deshaun Watson. So, yeah. I'm John from Sports Guy Hickman. Thank you guys for checking out today's show. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And you guys are doing an amazing job. Keep running up those YouTube numbers. We love you guys. Uh, at, and make sure you subscribe, excuse me, like and comment on YouTube. We get back to YouTube Fridays, comments this Friday, but YouTube are Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Before I let you go, speaking of D-Hop, I'm starting to believe that there is a curse every time these players leave the city of Houston. Because outside of Dwayne Brown, <laughs> a lot of players have been struggling. Clowney has never been the same. Whitney Merciless, we know what happened to him. J.J. Watt, he finally looked like the shell of his former self. D-Hop is still productive on the field, but it seems like he can't stay healthy. Now we've seen what he's doing to stay healthy. I'm wondering if that's going to play into a situation because we're going to owe this team's draft picks over the next couple of years. Not wishing anything terrible against that former quarterback. Yeah. Just saying, but you know. Yeah. Oh, well, but until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Peace.